Welcome back to the We On One podcast. This is episode number seven, hosted by David the Capo. Now, before we get into this episode, I just want to remind everybody, make sure you guys follow the We On One podcast on Instagram. Uh, follow it up, interact with the comments. I'm very active on there. I'm trying to be as active as possible. So, you know, today I am joined by an old co-worker, a really good friend of mine, Chris. Hey, what's going on, guys? How we doing tonight? What's up, Chris? Thank you for coming on to the podcast. I know it was kind of like short notice, but not really. <laughs> hey, I appreciate you having me. I got no problems out being here. Yeah. So the reason why I wanted to have Chris on the podcast is just because I feel like Chris always has like a, he always has something to say. He's really known for always having something to say. And, you know, I can really just throw a topic at him and he's very good at like, you know, articulating himself and articulating his thoughts without really, you know, not really saying, he's saying something without saying nothing, if that makes sense. I feel like there's just uh, so many people out there that can't take any topic thrown at them and give it serious thought. Um, it's just one of those things that you can ask people the most basic of questions and they'll give you one word answers. But yeah. I like to put a little bit more thought into it. <laughs> I know. Like, I feel that the re- I feel like one of the so me and Chris met working at uh, my old job. And at first, me and him really weren't like vibe. He really wasn't vibing with the whole with, with anybody there. I um I, I went through a big old change. I uh I moved from Seattle, Washington, back to uh back to my hometown, and uh, man, the change of pace was insane. From what I was used to in uh in Washington State to moving back here to Illinois, people changed. The the views on things changed. Just all the topics and uh, working at that job, everybody was so much more aggressive more straightforward than what i was actually used to and uh, were you used to being like the aggressor at your job in a sense yeah man it was it was weird because i'm 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 originally from uh the north chicagoland area and uh moving out there man i i felt like a pit bull anytime somebody would ask me something i'm i'm giving you that whole midwest point blank period type of view and then going out there everybody was so like passive passive aggressive they were passive in their opinions uh, they would say something like if you ask them oh do you like the color blue they would go yeah blue i mean it's a it's a good color yeah blue they try to like walk that line of yeah, like not I, really like trying to like insult you or anything there's, there's no arguments um, <laughs> it was it was the strangest thing i actually had a um a, an old boss out there and uh she tried yelling at me for one of or, well, I guess for the way that I viewed one of her rules. Um, what we was the rule? Uh, we weren't allowed to be on our phones in, in our workstation. Yeah. And uh, I so, feel like it was the same shit when, when you came back out here. Yeah, but if I um if I went to the dish pit, that's no longer my workstation because I was a line cook. Yeah. The dish pit is not my workstation. Yeah. But while I was out there, she's yelling at me about her my phone, and I told her like, "Well, it's your rule. Don't be in." Uh, like on the phone in your workstation and it was a, it was an open kitchen so yeah. people could see the um people could see the <laughs> that's chris's cat in the background um, she, she wants to be on the pod too uh people could see the 
you on your phone in the right. kitchen, but not in the dish pit. So she's like yelling at me for it. And was it like an open kitchen? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Like you could you could walk up to the counter, talk to the talk to us cooks. You could tip us cooks. Yeah, and then um, we would uh, we would be able to talk to you back. But in the dish pit, it was closed off, and it, you know, a very private place. Yeah, I mean, you guys that work in the industry know that the dish pit is where you go to do your your dirty work. <laughs> um, but it was weird because at the end of the conversation, she asked me, "So is that okay?" And me being here from the, the Chicagoland area Midwest, if you ask me if something's okay, like, you just opened up the conversation. So yeah. And I said my piece, and she goes, well, I didn't expect you to say anything back to that. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Like, what you, would you want me to say? That's what I told her. I was like, well, if you didn't want me to yeah. say anything, you shouldn't have asked so, me a question. Let, let, let's kind of go back a little bit. How, why, how'd you end up in Seattle? So I, um, I went through a pretty gnarly breakup where uh, my... One of my ex-girlfriends was extremely mentally and physically abusive with me. And uh, once that relationship ended, she ran my name through the mud, a lot of slander. Yeah. And, you know, it's always good to get out of your hometown. It's always good to see somewhere right. new, figure out uh, your place in the world. So I got a, as far as away as I could. And that's the other half of the United States. <laughs> to, like, literally the West Coast? It was as far west as you could pretty much go. I was uh, I was living up in Everett, Washington. Um, it's how, far, a, how far is that from Seattle? It's about 40 minutes north of Seattle. Oh, so it's, like, the equivalent of, like, living out here to yeah. Chicago. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Is it very, like, gatekeeping, like, out here? Like, if you're not from Chicago, you can't really say you're from Chicago? Um, no, because the, most of the, most of the, the places out there had their yeah. own... Um, like identity? Yeah. Like if you were from Bellevue, you were from Bellevue. If you lived in Everett, you were from Everett. If you were in Tacoma, you lived in Tacoma. And, yeah. you know, they, they had their, their smaller cities, but it was more of a county-based yeah. than uh, than an actual city-based. Right. So who did you live with out there? Um, I, um, I, I moved out there with a, a really, really close friend of mine at the time. Uh, we had known each other through playing football in uh, – in our, our county like from like six years old out to like when we were 13 14 yeah. so like um, the pop warner shit exactly exactly okay. and um he crazy story about him his parents were going through a separation yeah. and uh his dad stole him <laughs> like uh like he was missing like also like america's most wanted shit yeah he he went missing in uh in our county here for like two and a half three months what the fuck yeah like it was how old was he um he he was at the time 12 oh okay damn so that's that's kind of like a big deal no yeah we were we were going into seventh grade um and like it was it was a really weird time for me because he would call me up on random numbers i don't know if it was pay phones or his dad's you know flip phones what do you say like hey i'm okay yeah, hey, <laughs> like my like, dad's hey, just tripping hey i'm uh i'm out here i'm doing this hey you know yeah. this is what's going on yeah. and uh it was, it was just weird because he would always say, hey, don't tell anybody. And there was a couple times I was, like, interviewed by his mom, yeah. by local law enforcement. And, like, have you talked to such and such? Yeah, and I would I would keep it on the DL because, you know, <laughs> I'm tight like that. <laughs> yeah, like, you're not trying to, like, fucking blow up the spot. Man, he told me to keep a secret. But, like, all right, so, secret. like, in retrospect, as a grown man, do you think that's, like, the right thing to do? 
No, I, because <laughs> I, uh, I know his mom was like really worried. Yeah, and, like I kept trying to like hint that like, hey, he's he's cool, you know. Yeah, he's doing this or yeah. you know, like I feel like if he, if he's not contacting you, it's because he's okay and maybe yeah. he's just with somebody that he. But trusts. then it's like as a parent, you're just kind of like, bro, my kid is dead. Like that's yeah. probably why he's not contacting me or some I'm, shit. I'm sure that's what he what you yeah. thought but like you know i'm 12 years old i get told by my best friend like hey keep this on the down low yeah. i'm not trying to get in trouble i'm not trying to have problems and yeah gotta keep it tight yeah is he solid. still like is he is he still like your best friend to this day or what no we uh we went through a really really hard falling out i uh man it took me about six months to get out to seattle i was like always saving up money but there was always obstacles and uh it was it was hard to get out there but finally i had about 400 bucks saved up yeah and i had just paid i'd been paying rent out on the apartment there for like from july till february for, so a good solid seven months i'm paying mm-hmm. my fair share of rent and i'm not even living there mm-hmm. and i move out there and uh he picks me up from the airport and he goes oh by the way uh my my roommates from college are, are living with us they're staying in the uh in the living room though so there's yeah. no problems you still have your bedroom Right. And I go, cool. And he goes, by the way, one of them's a heroin addict. <laughs> what the fuck? I, I, I don't make any uh, sort of judgments because at that time I was uh, I was dealing with alcoholism pretty heavily. So when he picked me up from the airport, I actually had a double jack and coke in my hands. I yeah. walked out of the airport with a full on whiskey. Yeah, glass. like a drink. And uh, he goes, how did you do that? I said, bro, I, I walk around everywhere th- with a glass in my hands. People don't even look at me sideways. Like, yeah. It's just a natural look for me. And we get we get back there, and things are cool for a couple weeks, and then his the heroin egg has an episode, and he throws up all over the bathroom floor because yeah. he's going through withdrawal, trying to quit. Good for him. Yeah. Goes missing for two weeks, and then comes back like nothing ever happened. <laughs> so fuck? now I'm starting to look at him. They go like, "What's up, guys?" <laughs> yeah, I literally just walked in. One hey, day. like my bad. Yeah, she was she was she was a little crucial. He still paid rent, so yeah. who am I to judge? <laughs> Whatever, yeah. man. That's, yeah. that's the fair share covered. Yeah. Um, and it didn't get bad until he started smoking fentanyl in in, uh, in the hallways. Bro, what that the was, fuck? That was the weirdest thing. Is that when you were like, "Nah, fuck that"? Like, yeah, that's, like that's, I got to get up out of here. No, you... that was we we got him out before I left. Um, he started smoking fentanyl in our kitchen and, uh, we would just ask him to take a step out the back door. So he was outside and he just wouldn't do it. So that caused arguments and eventually he left. And then it was just me and, uh, my, my really good friend. But, uh, he moved his ex-girlfriend back in on a day's notice. He goes, Hey Chris, I'm, uh, I'm bringing my ex back. And I said, I don't think that's a good idea. And he goes, well, she's going to be homeless. So. She's going to live with us. And I said, <laughs> okay, well, if you already made up your mind, I can't really yeah. tell you not to, even though I'm paying rent. Like He's kind of just giving you like a heads up. Yeah, and, and I, I trusted the guy. I you know, had close feelings for him. So like as a, as a friendship, it's like, hey, if you want to make a bad decision in your life, like it is what it is. You you do what you got to do. Yeah. Um, He had a dog who wasn't the best trained mm-hmm. um he would never like the dog would never tell you when it had to use the bathroom it would just kind of go yeah sometimes in the middle of the living room so there was there was days i was picking up his dog's poop in the middle of the living room no big deal hey this is roommate stuff you're my brother all good yeah my uh my cat wasn't fixed at the time so 
during the summer when it would go in heat like yeah it would pee in corners on tile or it would pick your dirty clothes like a I, I don't know how to explain it, but my cat's extremely smart. She knows the difference between things that are like yeah. bad versus good. Yeah. So she'll, she would pee in the middle of a, um, a plastic bag where you could literally just lift the bag up by the handles, not worry about it and just have a, a bag of pee. Right. Um, one day she peed in the kitchen and I bought one of those Swiffer wet chats. A shout out. Great. Recommend it. <laughs> no shout outs. Cause they're not fucking paying for this. <laughs> uh, but Swiffer, baby. <laughs> uh, he put a bowl over it mm-hmm. and goes, you have to clean this up when you get home. And I was like, listen, bro, like, you could just do it. Like, yeah. we're, we're brothers, no big deal. Yeah. And he, he decided, he's like, no, you have to you have to get out then. You have to get out now. And it was, it was wild because I was living there for about a year at that time. But every couple of months, I would ask him, hey, let me get on the lease. Let me put my yeah. name on some paper. And... Um, Kind of like trying to like secure yourself. Yeah, exactly. Put put a little bit of an anchor down. That way, like if you try to like come back and be like, "Hey, you gotta go," or anything, you know, yeah. anything that happens. Like I, I wanted to be just as liable as him. I wanted yeah. to hold responsibility, pay my rent, but do my fair share. Mm-hmm. And um, he, the first six months, we had those two other guys living in the living room. One of them, super great guy, um, still still making music, still um, still. Yeah. doing things on tiktok and being being a good guy yeah um the other guy the heroin addict really nice guy good personality that has a good heart but i mean has his vices right um but i couldn't be on the lease because our landlord would have to come in and you check everything out and we would get in trouble and potentially be kicked out so i i let it pass and then his ex-girlfriend right. came in and for three months she didn't have the money for the security deposit and for whatever reason they wanted to split the security deposit three ways instead of just me paying half my my friend cameron paying half and uh i couldn't put my name on the lease right so when he went to kick me out i texted our landlord and was like hey i'm uh i'm paying you know i'm here you know i've been here what's the thing he goes well if you're not on the lease he could just he can do that yeah you're just a guest in his house and i went okay that sucks yeah and he did this all new year's morning literally new year's day nowhere's open nothing's going on i had no way of like doing anything moving forward yeah and at the time i i had a vacation set up to come back here to illinois january 14th was the date and i you know i had to beg him had to pretty much almost cry that january 14th i'm leaving anyways like let me just have this spot until then don't put me out on the streets with my cat like there's nothing i can do and uh after that you know a week goes by and he puts a new like a padlock on his door and i'm like dude you're being a weirdo like i've known you for 17 years you think i'm gonna steal from you you think i'm gonna break stuff like what is going on in your head uh he he ended up saying that he had other bad roommates and stuff, and I was like, "Don't put me in a category with him because anything." That but how far? Like, how long have you already been living with him when he did a that year, shit? A year, man. So a he year. waited like a year in to be like, "Yo, like from February just, to January, so just pretty to, much a year." Yeah, to kind of be like, "Hey, just in case you're on some sketch shit, like it's a little fucked up." I don't know where he got that idea from because yeah. I never stolen yeah. from him. Anytime, like we've done wash together, where I went, he went first, I went second. I would come up to him with the money he had in his pockets that was left in the dryer. I'm like, hey, man, you left this here. Yeah. Um, 
since uh since so like he, all around you were being like a straight up dude like sort of good dude he was, he was my brother i would yeah. buy him uh if i saw this the, the type of uh dabs that he liked on sale at the the dispensaries in washington yeah. i'd come home with a gift for him like hey yeah. thanks for smoking me out this week by the way here's yeah. this for you yeah you know I'd, I'd get up early in the mornings when uh he would have to go to work at 5 a.m i would get up and take his dog out right um so it's kind of like fucked up that like when he what do you think it was like it started happening like when his girlfriend moved in and shit like that 100 percent. it was yeah. all it was all because his uh his girlfriend was feeding him stuff yeah that's fucking crazy bro that's kind of fucked up but i mean at least like it, it you didn't like waste your whole like you know you didn't waste your whole fucking life out there and it, for it to just be like kind of a fucked up thing you know so I, I really appreciate my time out there. I think it um I think it really changed my perspective on things. I think it helped me grow up because I was yeah. away from my hometown. I was away from the people that I that I knew yeah. and uh it gave me a chance to figure out a new perspective on life and I've definitely carried that with me. Yeah. Um, coming back to Illinois when everybody was so hostile to me. <laughs> I, uh, so not back to what we were talking about. <laughs> All that to say this. <laughs> I uh I definitely yeah. Took everything with a grain of salt because yeah. something that uh, Washington, their passive aggressiveness taught me is just because I perceive something one way doesn't mean that that's the way it is. Yeah. We all have emotions. We yeah. all have and I think like at the time like that you had like you came to like our store and like work with us. It was just definitely like one of those things where it's like, bro, we've already been in the fucking shitter for like the last six months. And, you know, everybody because at this time, like I was working part time, but I was still working like fucking 30, 35 fucking hours a week. Mm-hmm. type shit and it's just like and like i know some people are like oh like that's not shit but it's like i'm working that on top of my, my 75 80 hours a week, right exactly a exactly so it's like on top of like my 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 day-to-day and you know shit 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 was even stressful bro it's like i remember just like there'd be nights bro we're like we're literally walking and we're like all right this is gonna be the night <laughs> this is the night where everybody's gonna fucking quit and then you know fuck this shit i just always i mean again it, it comes with the perspective thing i um the store that I was working at was always doing double or triple the amount yeah. of the store that I came to. So you guys complaining about something, I was like, this is like light work. Yeah. This is like nothing. But I, once again, perspective. Just yeah. because uh, just because the mud's not deep for me doesn't mean that you guys want to yeah. be like, in it. Because this is like one of those things where it's like, yeah, like that's what you're used to. But it's like, it just, like as you came in, shit was starting to get bad. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. we're coming from a place where like, bro, it wasn't always fucked up like this. Like all of a sudden it's all fucked up and now we're fucking, you know, you're starting to really see like who's coming to work to work and who's just coming to work to kind of like make the money, make the money and just, just yeah, like, and don't get me wrong. Like I'm like, I'm not there trying to be like a fucking difference maker. I was just there literally just to make my money and, and, and keep it pushing. But when you're there fucking 25, 30, 35 hours a week, you kind of get a little invested. You have to be. I mean, you know, like you well, get invested. You, I guess you don't have to be, but I think that's the difference between a lot of people is their work ethic. Either they're going to or they're not. And yeah, I, I think um, when you think about it, if you're doing something 25, 30 plus hours a week and you're not invested into it, but it's going to be hard. Well, what type of person are you? <laughs> like, how do you how do you just spend that much time doing something? Yeah. And not care about it or. Yeah. Not, no, I feel that. No, that's, that's real. Be better. And that's kind of, like, another reason why, like, you know, is I had, like, you know, I go back to, like, bro, I had to quit. Like, fuck that shit. Like, 
it was just like me and you. I think me and you quit around the same time. If not, you quit like right before me, like a month or two before me. Before, yeah. But I know that like shit just was, bro. Shit just wasn't cool anymore. Like, no, it, you know, it wasn't worth it. We, at least when we would go to work, we would hang out with each other and like you know we would get through the shit together. But then it kind of became one of, like again. It became how like when you first got there, shit started getting hostile again. Where like dudes who dudes who like you thought were like you know your friends and shit like that, and people are gonna be like, oh well, like they're your coworkers. You know, they're not your friends. But like I think I think one of the greatest things that happened like while I was there and when I first came in wasn't the fact that um like I was there to work or I was trying to be a difference maker or anything like that. It was the the fact that um regardless of who was there, the work was gonna get done. Yeah. And I think that gained me a lot of respect between you guys. Yeah. Um because when when you're doing something like that and when you're invested like that when when you're when you're going through blood sweat and tears people have to respect you at some point yeah there's got to be some sort of growth and uh i i noticed at the end that when we were getting new co-workers and we were all going through the fire together some people weren't burning some people weren't taking the weight onto their back there wasn't accountability for people and that does not make a good workplace. It no, yeah, I, mean, I agree. You can you could extend that to all the relationships yeah. in life if you're going through things. Yeah, like it, you could through anything like marriage, friendships, just relationships with siblings and shit like that. Like if you're going through something and people aren't willing to either put some of your weight on your their back, which I mean you can't expect anybody to do. Yeah. If they're not willing to take accountability for themselves, yeah, they can't even carry their own weight. Right. And you have to start carrying theirs. There's gonna be resentments, right. point blank. Period. You can't, you can't get away from that. Yeah. And I don't know. I, I you know, with you know, with, with like that being said, like I think that now, removed from it for like such like I don't know, a couple few months now, I think both of us kind of like look back at it and we're just like, man, like, you know, I know that sometimes like in the group chat we like sit there and we will like reminisce on like old times of like you know just fucking just really going through shit and you know, because when you're going through shit like that with people, you don't know that you're going, you know, like. Have you ever seen that quote that's basically like, you know, I think it's from The Office where it's like, you know, when you're in the good days, you kind of wish you knew you were in the good days and, and you don't know that you were in the good days until like until it's after it's gone, until yeah. it's gone. Yeah. And that's kind of what it was. It's like, you know, we'll sit back. We think like for like 20, you know, 20, 30 minutes, like, oh, shit. Like, you know, I remember when we were going through it, but like, bro, we were cracking jokes the whole night. We were listening to music the whole night, but, you know, all types of shit was going on and. You know, you like, in, especially like in the industry that we were working in, like you could definitely see like the different amount of like characters that like walk through that shit. You know? Yeah, and it's especially um especially at that location, you had to be a different breed. Yeah, and I agree. And and it wasn't even like you had to be like tough. Like, yeah, like same yeah, you just like, had to be a different breed. Like you definitely like especially like working with us, like you'd had to be able to take a joke. You had to be able to like. You hey, like, be authentic, yeah, yeah, and then you also had a, it was like a time where, like, it was one of those things where, was, like, we're not babysitting, you know, we don't get paid to babysit each other and shit like that. So it's like when a new guy would come in, you know, you try to show them little by little as you're kind of going, you kind of just hope that, like, they're at least invested enough to be like, all right, fuck it, like, yeah, you know, and, when, and, when shit's getting a little rough for somebody else, I'm gonna just go ahead and try to, the willingness to, like, want to learn and shit. And something that it, you could always tell, especially at that place, uh, whether people were going to last or not is would they take initiative yeah. because a lot of people i mean 
a lot of different workplaces have a lot of different people, but some people just don't take initiative. You can teach them something, yeah. but as soon as you get into a busy time period, are yeah. they going to do it themselves? Yeah. Or are they going to look at you? Are they going to look for the, the big brother to come bail them out every time? Yeah, and I think it became that after a while, like, they kept looking at us like, hey, w- what do you want me to do? Come ah. here, come do this for me. Yeah. And at that point in time, like, no. Especially, like, you know, at like during COVID and shit like that because – Bro, like we were already short staffed, you know. Nobody's so, nobody's ever gonna come bail you. Yeah, out. not so. in the workplace, not in life. You, that's true. You gotta. You gotta that's a good life lesson. Initiative. Yeah, yeah that's a good life lesson. I'll tell you that. Like working at a restaurant will definitely like teach you some like life lessons and shit like. That. And it also gives you like a good perspective of like how to treat people, mm-hmm. because like you get to see like not for nothing like managers and like you know the servers and shit like. Yeah, like we have all our opinions about them and what whatnot, but like your brother, they're taking a lot of shit in the front end as well. They, I mean, it's 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 a kind of a weird thing because I've worked both front of house and back of house, and it's a different type of multitasking. Yeah, for those that don't know, like the front of the house, the back of the house, and the restaurant. So, like the front of the house is like the people who are like the greeters, you know, the bartenders, the servers, you know, the people who you actually like interact with, and like the back of the house or the heart of the house is like the cooks. Cooks, dishwashers, the dishwashers, the people that like for real, for real keep the place going. But I feel, workers. but I feel like we all kind of like work off each other. But it like in the moment you're kind of just like not thinking that way. You're kind of like, man, fuck them. I do, I do a lot more than this shit, and they're over there it's, taking it's home a, two, three hundred dollars a night it's a type shit. Type of multitasking. Yeah. Because uh, up at the front of the house, you're working with five, six, twelve tables at a time. So you're dealing with, I mean, anywhere between twenty to forty people all yeah. at once. Yeah. Like, you you have to be able to um, not only keep track of orders, but yeah. keep a personality. Yeah, like and, keep and a fucking smile on your face and shit. And that, and I mean, I, you're running drinks, you're grabbing napkins, yeah. I need a ranch, I need ketchup. And like, <laughs> it's, a, it's a different type of multitasking yeah. because in the back of the house, the most you ever walk is maybe 10 feet yeah. away to a cooler or to a, to a fridge. Yeah. Um, Whereas the front house, man, nothing is within twenty five feet of you. You gotta walk everywhere. Yeah. Like it's it's just a different type of multitasking. Nah, I feel that. Both uh both jobs I definitely feel like have different stressors, but at least for me and my personality, back of house is way harder. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, nah, I, mean, I agree I agree with that shit you're, too. You're but doing I a lot more. I've never yeah, I've never been a server or waiter or fucking a busboy or nothing. So like all I know, like, you know, for like those two and a half years that I worked there was like all shit like you know, so, the back of the house. So like when you're when you're working front of house, it gets difficult because everybody's got that you're dealing with has a different personality and yeah. you'll get those people out there who are very particular yeah. and they'll tell you I need light mayo, no ketchup, double mustard, and I need the cheese only on one slice of patty. Yeah, by the way, if you're doing that shit, bro, you're a demon. Like, <laughs> you're a serial killer. As a server, you look at them and you go, okay, okay yeah. that was a lot to write down, but well, fuck sure. It. Hey, off of that, and this kind of shift, because uh, fuck, that, fuck that place. I'm getting PTSD <laughs> just talking about it. But, like, do you get impressed when, like, servers come up to you and don't write down your order? Or does that piss you off because you're just like, man, they're about to fuck up my order? Um, so, I, for me, it depends on the place. If yeah. I'm working, if I'm like going, if you like if you go to like a like a fucking I don't know a fucking Red Robin Olive Garden back, something like that yeah I don't like it no nah, I don't me like it because 
that commercial of a place, I'm, I'm sure you have the skill set. I'm sure you're able to do it 100%. But that type of commercial atmosphere, the, um, the corporate atmosphere, things should be done a certain way. Yeah. Now, if I go to a mom and pop shop mm-hmm. and this 75-year-old woman walks up to me and doesn't take out her notepad, you're just trusting it. I'm looking at her like, you already know what you're <laughs> yeah, doing. Yeah, like, what you're the funny. fuck? Yeah, fuck it. Keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. So, now that, like, we kind of got, like, a background of, like, who you are, how we met, and shit like that, like, what what, what do you feel like you learn out of, like, working in, like, working or working in the service industry and shit? Like, what real-life lessons do you feel like you could take that shit that you could apply that shit so to anywhere I, else? Uh, I definitely learned at levels. Working at, uh, working at my first service industry level when i was i I started out making salads and washing dishes and uh i learned humility i learned how to be humble i learned how to be an extra hand and knowing that going to get somebody product was just as important as making the dish because if i could save them a minute or two they have less stress on their life. Yeah. And then moving my way up to being, you know, a head cook of a kitchen, kitchen manager, things of that nature, I learned the importance of those small tasks. Um, I think something that I learned a lot is stress management, yeah. priority management, being able to know that if I'm cooking a hamburger and the mozzarella sticks timer goes off, dropping what I'm doing to get those mozzarella sticks because they're you don't have time. You, they're going to explode. You're, you're going to have to yeah. make them. I think that transfers over into life so greatly. The fact that if you don't have time and priority management for what you're doing, you can you can really mess up your life. Being, uh, being able to tell like, hey, I need to stop washing these dishes right now in the kitchen just at your own home yeah. to be able to go and pick up a spouse or being able to understand, okay, I can I can have this amount of time for relaxation, yeah. but then I need to pick up this chore. Yeah. Or, you know, oh, crap, somebody just called me and said I have to be picked up at 6 p.m. It's 4 p.m. right now, and I have to do these chores. Got to cut that relaxation time short a little bit. That's time and priority management. Yeah. You can do that with homework. You can do that with your hobbies versus your career and not being able to set those boundaries or understanding yeah. the difference, it it can really screw you up in life. Nah, I, I definitely feel that too. And I think also, like, for me, at least, like, what I took from, like, working in that shit was that, like, like, like again, like, going back to, like, it really showed me, like, you know, you go to a restaurant and, you know, like, they fuck up your order and right away you kind of want to, like, turn up on them and be like, yo, like, that hard yeah, like, but then, then you start thinking, like, ah, like, you know, this person's kind of, like, you know, they might be going through some shit, you know, like maybe the cook in the back and them are just not getting along or some shit like that. And they're just, fuck, you know, because maybe, I've seen that shit like firsthand. Maybe the server just got broken up with out of a four year relationship and his head's not in the game. You know? like, you can't, you can't <laughs> that sounds very specific. <laughs> I'm thinking about a specific bartender we worked with. Him, yeah, so, right? shit happens. Whatever. <laughs> like, but I don't know, bro. It's just like. It, that, that's what I'm saying. Like, it was just one of those things where it's just like you get to really learn like the humility and shit like that. You really get to like. I guess, like, for me personally, going from, like, my working corporate day job to come into, like, doing, like, a working man's job, you know, because it's just not easy, bro. That shit, that shit, after, like, after, yeah, after standing up for, like, three, four, five hours a day, your fucking back starts to hurt a little bit, you know? Shit gets to tighten up a little bit. Your feet hurt a little bit. 
you know, you start appreciating the little fucking little uh the little time that you spend just sitting around just and in between in, shit. And in corporate America, man, if you're if you're a line cook, if you're a server or doing anything in the service industry, there's not a mandatory thirty minute lunch break. <laughs> yeah. They'll tell you that, but when when you start working it and you go, Okay, it's time for my break, people are gonna look at you funny. Like break? <laughs> like Bro, you break when this shit's over. And it's not even it's not even I feel like it's a it's a cultural thing. I don't yeah. even feel like it's on the corporation because I know when I was working in uh in Washington, we had the mandatory break. Yeah. People forced it on you. Yeah. And it could be done throughout the United States, but I know coming back here to to Illinois, or at least uh, that specific place that Yeah, know. yeah, over over in, well over in Seattle land area, they're very very tight on restrictions. Like mm-hmm. if you're supposed to have a, even a 15 minute bathroom break, they're like gonna you're gonna take you go, that shit. Yeah, that we, you have no choice. Yeah, and so is I, that like one of the things that you like miss about Seattle? Like what? No, okay, like no. Like going back to like Seattle, like or Washington in general. What were some of the things that like you loved about it? Because obviously you were there for a while. So. Yeah, um, I just I miss the landscape. Yeah, every every single morning. It didn't matter if I walked out and it was overcast. You know that first spring, fall, summer? You know those days that you walk outside and you just take a breath of fresh air and you yeah. go, today's going to be a great day. Or yeah. this is the first day of the rest of my life. Yeah. That was pretty much every day out there. And like it was it was great. It didn't matter if it was raining or I only experienced a little bit of snow there. But yeah. every day I walked out, it was, this is fantastic. And I used to take a bus to work down I-5. And uh, I'd be able to look across the valley and just see mountains. What's there to do out there? A lot of hiking. I mean, everything everything you can imagine. There was hiking. There was ice rinks. There was... Uh, Bigfoot. Music centers. Bigfoot, yeah. <laughs> um, you just were outside a lot. Because, yeah. because you could be. I mean, from my time out there, it, it was always between 40 degrees and 85 degrees. So coming, all year round, yeah, all year round. Coming That's coming lit. from the the Midwest here, I so I remember my first winter out there. They had an inch and a half of snow, and it was thirty six degrees. <laughs> I'm walking around in a sweatshirt and yeah. jeans. Everybody else out there is in their parkas, got a scarf, winter hat on, got the car hard time, yeah, and boots. I, they're they're looking at me like I'm crazy, yeah, and I'm looking at them like they're crazy. Yeah, I'm, I'm so much used to like. Right before I left, back in uh, 2017, we were experiencing negative 33 degrees. Yeah, that shit was cold as fuck. So, like, going out there and it's 40 degrees, like, this is spring Was it during COVID or was it, like, the year before COVID? The year before. I, where it was, like, negative 50 out here or some yes, shit like that. Bro, that shit was cold as fuck. Um, I remember driving to work, bro, and, like, you know, your car would heat up. My shit would literally, like, heat up and then... Cool off. Yeah. Like, that's how fucking cold it was. It was cooling off the engine. I mean, it was... Like, that shit was crazy. That was the first year that I'd ever seen anywhere here in northern Illinois yeah. actually shut down because of the temperatures. Like, I I used to go to school in negative 18 degrees yeah. with six inches of snow. Yeah. But that, that winter when it was negative 45 degrees plus wind chill, people didn't want to start the cars. Fuck people didn't that. want to go outside. I still... I remember because I, I have to drive, like, an hour out of the way. And, bro, like, just remote starting my Jeep, it wouldn't even fucking turn on. Like, that yeah. shit was, like, like it would, like, turn on and then it would, like, turn off. And I'm just like, what the fuck? Yeah, it was a lot of problems. And then, again, like, 
you're like driving and you see like you know it's getting warm in the car and then you like sit at a stoplight for like a minute all of a sudden this sh- your fucking engine's cooling off and you're just sitting there like what the fuck like what, what <laughs> like this is like and then you'll start driving again and start slowly heating back up and then it'll drop again once you so it's like no point yeah yeah i it was i was really really happy to get out of the midwest because this yeah. uh this frigid is do you like recommend people getting out of here um, for like at least a short period of time. I think anybody should be able to get out of their hometown for for yeah. a period of time. I know a lot of people. From, I just met some people from California this last week, and they uh, they now live out here, and they say how much they love it, but they've never experienced snow. Yeah, they've never experienced. But isn't there like snow in like up like Northern California? Yeah, I'm sure if you look for it, you can find it up there's, there. There's snow everywhere. I yeah. mean, even in Arizona, up in Flagstaff, it snows, but like. There's a lot of people yeah. from Phoenix who have never seen snow. You ever been? You ever been in Arizona? Yeah, I, I yeah. grew up there. I um I was born in Phoenix, Arizona, Maricopa County, and I spent pretty much every summer up until about fourteen out in Arizona. Dude, yeah, no, me me and my wife, uh, we want to go out there and shit. So I definitely recommend. Yeah. Dude, it's it's beautiful, especially if you stay in the Flagstaff um area, the Phoenix area. Go up to Camelback Mountain. And yeah, it's a it's a gorgeous. Want to go out there? I think we're we're gonna try to do something hopefully soon. I, we we were like looking it up over the week, like th- like literally over the weekend. So it's funny that like you even said that, and we're like fuck it, let's get on the ATVs and go like fucking off roading and shit like do that. No, that should look so fucking cool, bro. I know, uh, I know. One of my bucket list is to take um, it's a donkey tour. What the fuck? Yeah, of uh of the Grand Canyon. So like you ride on a donkey or something? Yeah, and you you camp out there. Your donkeys camp with you. <laughs> what the fuck? It's like a, is it guided at least? Yeah, it's, okay. It's a guided tour, but it's like four or five days that you trek the Grand Canyon on a donkey, and like, bro, that's just gonna be slow as fuck. Better than walking, <laughs> I guess. Better yeah. Than, it, just, it just seems like a cool experience yeah. to be able to be out in the wilderness. Yeah. Like, not necessarily living off the land. But yeah. Like, you know you're. You're doing it. Yeah. You're out there. Bro, I think, like, the first time I ever, like, left Illinois was, like, when I was, like, 21. Like, Where'd that... Oh, no, actually, no. The first time I ever... Hold on. The first time I ever left Illinois was when I was, like, 12. We drove to go see my family in North Carolina. Like, my brother who lives out there. And then I hadn't left after that. But then, after like, the first time after that, like, the second time was when I went to Florida. And I had went to Disney for the first time. I've never been to Disney. Bro, that shit, it's humid. Bro, we went, like, in the middle of July. No, it was the middle. Like, at the end of July, like, the first week of August. Mm-hmm. Bro, it was so fucking humid. Like, it rains damn near almost every day in Florida, bro. So, like. That's, you, but that's the thing is that that's what they say about Seattle is that there's a lot of rain. Nah, bro, but, like, I've seen it in Florida. Like, it literally fucking rains. Like, pours for, like, Seattle. like 20 minutes. Seattle. And then it gets super hot. And then you just see, like, the steam at Seattle. Seattle. I don't believe. I don't. I, I want to go to Seattle. We. I, I need to go. Uh, the, I want to take my wife out there. Because the, I've I've been to the Florida Keys. I I spend a couple of weeks out there on a fishing trip. Uh, yeah. With uh with my aunt and uncle. Yeah. And like you said, man, it, it rains for maybe 10, 15 minutes at a time. Yeah. Maybe twice a day, and it just keeps the humidity up. In Seattle, it rains every morning for maybe an hour. Yeah. And that's it. Because you said, like, the rain out there isn't, like, pouring rain. It's, like, you can literally still have your phone out and shit like that. Man. Is that, like, the misconception and shit? Yeah, because when when people hear of rain, uh, I couldn't tell you what everybody thinks of rain, but out here in in the Midwest, when I hear rain, I'm thinking that it's going to cause a rain delay 
in the baseball fields. Like, yeah. you're, you're going to have to stop what you're doing. You know, there's, there's puddles on the ground. It's wet. Um, out in Seattle, the rain there is like walking through the vegetable section when it's misting. Yeah. It, things are getting wet. It's, there's definitely moisture going on around you. But you can walk around and text. Your phone yeah. screen doesn't get wet. If you walk around with some important business papers, they're going to get a little damp, probably messed yeah. up a little bit. You might want to keep them in your little... Yeah, little, little briefcase, backpack, whatever. whatever. But I... Did they, they experienced one thunderstorm when I was out there. And you could... It was a faint rumble. It, like there was no there was no window shaking. There wasn't <laughs> any cracks. There was nothing going yeah. on. The, they they went crazy because there was lightning for twenty minutes, and I'm so used to the Midwest thunderstorms here that that's that's light weather. Yeah, there's like I. Where I love the I love the fucking storms, like especially like like balls. especially like in like the summer, like when it's like super like the, the, the breeze is fucking going, August. bro. The fucking breeze is going. The shit's just fucking hitting, and then all of a sudden, bro, they, I, I fall asleep like in like ten minutes. They don't have that. No, it's lame. I never saw a single lightning bolt. Shout, like, out Seattle, like <laughs> Shout out to Seattle, but they're missing out. Shout out to Seattle, but they're missing out. The craziest thing that I experienced out there from being from the Midwest was a uh, earthquake. They have a lot of those out there? You have the higher potential for an earthquake out there. It's not like a yearly thing or like all the time, but like when you live out in the West Coast, California, Washington, Oregon, you know that there's going to be there could be earthquakes like yeah. Sacramento had the worst earthquake in history but up in Washington when I was staying there they had their worst earthquake it was like 4.8 on the Richter scale 4.3 something like that and it's bad it's, I don't know bro I mean it's the it's fuck not, I don't, I, I don't like know destroy the roads bad or like break houses bad but like that's more than you can feel okay and for me it was the weirdest thing because I had just gotten off of work I was home at like 2.30, a.m., and I'm, I'm sitting up trying to go to bed, and it sounds like a giant semi rolling outside my house. What the fuck? This, there were, like, people taking out the, the trash cans. You and know they just act like nothing? That, that, roll. that roll? Yeah. You, I heard that roll, and then all of a sudden, things in my room started shaking. And the the place I was living on, uh, yeah. you couldn't you couldn't be a semi driver on it. There was no through trucks. So when that started happening, I went, "Oh no, earthquake!" <laughs> I jump off. I grab my cat. I'm sitting in the doorway, holding on to the doorways. <laughs> Midwest, that's the smartest thing to do. I is guess find a doorway. I mean, out here, people they you know when there's like the tornadoes and shit, people literally go outside and just watch it. Yeah, but I mean, when you hear about an earthquake. And you've never experienced one. You know the safest place to be is under a doorway. That's just what they teach you. So I, I hit the doorway. I got my cat under my arm. I can already see somebody disagreeing with you. Yeah, that, that's fine. <laughs> I mean, that's what they teach us here in America. Like, that's like, if yeah. you're ever in an earthquake, go find a doorway. It's the safest Like in a tornado, place. like you go, like you crouch down and. You should get in the most inside room. Because I guess, like. If a like you know how like when you're in school like if a desk falls With on you at least head if it, between your knees yeah over that yeah um, my chubby ass will never really do that <laughs> <laughs> but it was it was it was weird because then I've never experienced it yeah so I hit the doorway got my cat under my arm like a football and the next thing on my mind aftershocks aftershocks are always worse than the earthquake that's again what I've heard all my life. 
Yeah. So I'm sitting there going, oh crap, like we're gonna die. Like there's, there's <laughs> you start to go in like panic mode and yeah, shit. There's worse things that are coming right now. Yeah. And uh, nobody else in the house is awake. Nobody, but you? Yeah. Nobody else. And woke your up cat. For it. Nobody else woke up for it. Like <laughs> and like this was like the worst earthquake they had. Like literally things moving. We're shaking. Rooms. Yeah. yeah. Um. So I go and I wake all my roommates up. So I I got the two people living in the living room. Mm-hmm. I got my my friend living in his uh in his bedroom. And I wake everybody up, and they're looking at me like, "Dude, what the heck?" Yeah, like, why are you going crazy? It's just an earthquake. And I just thought that was the weirdest thing. Like, what do you mean it's just an earthquake? <laughs> like, bro, the earth moved. <laughs> it moved. Yeah, that's crazy. What? Okay, so you you lived out there. You lived in Arizona. Like, where else have you lived? That's, that's it. Uh, that's yeah. That's it. Mid, north north of Chicago, um, Arizona, and Seattle. I would have to say uh, that Seattle land area was the weirdest, man. Yeah. It was the weirdest. I uh. What's the weirdest shit? Like besides the earthquake, was like the weirdest day to day shit you would see? Crackheads. Is there a lot of them out there? Dude, so many. So I live about a block away. You can look this up on uh, on YouTube too. Yeah, I feel Everett, like you showed me this shit before. <laughs> Everett Tweaker Can. It is a live feed. Of this street, right in front of a men's um, health clinic, yeah, under a bridge where all the homeless go, yeah, and I mean you can you can watch it twenty four hours a day live stream and see fights, see drug deals, see whatever. I lived a block away from that, yeah. So there was just crackheads everywhere, yeah. Like and did you live in like the downtown area or is it just like so that's lived, how like the whole everett in, no Washington so there is. was there was a downtown everett there was south everett and there was north everett i lived in north everett which was the uh historical air quotes yeah. uh district so things were a little bit nicer there things yeah. were a little bit but like with everything RC. else and shit yeah and, but everybody man it didn't matter where you where you went Everybody was a crackhead. Maybe not. <laughs> maybe not. Crack was their drug of choice, but, but they drug were, addicts. Yeah, they were messed up on yeah. something. And man, so, so some of the weirdest things I saw out there were the the drug addicts. Um, yeah. I mean, I I went down to a bus stop six houses down from where I stayed, and I had this guy screaming slurs and profanity at me because I was just trying to read. The bus, um, the schedule. Yeah, like they had a sign of the bus schedule for Monday through Thursday, and then Friday, Saturday, Sunday were all different. Yeah, and it was like by hours. It wasn't like Monday through Thursday the the bus would be there at ten a.m. Friday was ten ten. Like no, the bus would come at like ten forty five on a Friday, but on Saturday it's ten twenty five. And like I'm just trying to read the bus schedule, <laughs> and the man's eating like. Panera or like some some noodles, man. Yeah. And I'm like trying to read the the bus schedule that's right next to him. He starts yelling at me, "Hey, don't look at me like that. I'm I'm eating here." And I go, "My bad, bro. I'm just trying to read the bus schedule." I take about six seven steps back, and now I'm squinting trying to read the bus schedule. Yeah. Dude stands up, <laughs> slams his food down on on the concrete. And I go, oh, crap, he's going to beat me up now. Like, <laughs> this is a homeless man who just wasted his food. Like, this is not a good thing. This is, I feel like it's go time. Yeah. And he just starts screaming racial slurs at me. Yeah. And, like, as a Caucasian male, it was kind of odd because I've never had that happen. Yeah. Like, nobody's ever screamed racial slurs at me. 
and he he runs across the street and just talking shit yeah. yeah and he's like still screaming at me across the street when the bus pulls up and i'm like all right cool we're good. the bus is here like we're good not even, it's not I'm, even the right bus <laughs> it was the right bus okay thank, thank the lord um and i get on the bus though and like this was the weirdest coincidence because i sit down and i said um so on the the washington state buses you got about seven or eight rows of seats that are horizontal where they they face the front of the bus right and then the back there's three or four seats on either side that face the sides of the bus so you just like look across at a person or straight back and then the back of the bus is another two rows of seats that face forward i always sat on the the side of the bus that faced out because i could see the mountains i could see the valley it was a very beautiful thing to watch for 20 minutes on my way to work this gentleman gets on the bus oh the dude that was talking shit to you no different guy oh same scenario different guy was this all the same day within five minutes of each other <laughs> what the fuck like literally i had that guy yelling racial slurs at me i get on the bus yeah sit down i go thank goodness that's over with <laughs> trying to have a good day oh you're here in going, the background hey white boy <laughs> going going to uh going to work another 12 hours like cool get to watch the mountains for a little bit this man gets on he sits all the way at the back of the bus like seating forward where yeah. like you he would he would be on the same side as the bus driver and uh he starts saying the same racial slurs to me they just wasn't fucking with you bro no, like, <laughs> like i was confused because like they were they were like yelling racial slurs. Yeah. I looked down at myself and I'm like, "Damn, am I in like some ripped jeans or like, am I?" Like, do you look sketchy and shit? Right. Do I do I look a certain type of way? Do you look like a white supremacist? Something. Yeah. Something. And I look down. I'm in some baggy jeans and a Buffalo Wild Wings T-shirt. Yeah. I'm I'm in my work uniform. <laughs> Why are you yelling at me? <laughs> like I'm just trying to go make an honest living, sir. Right. <laughs> like what the fuck? That's like, crazy, bro. He was just like yelling at me, like, "Oh, oh, you, you Nazi, you pink Nazi, you German Nazi," and I'm like, <laughs> "Sir, <laughs> like, fuck them. What are you talking about?" And the only thing that, that like, just moving forward from that, like, you know, I, I have, I have this green vest with a green plaid jacket underneath, and mm-hmm. like, it's, it's pretty worn. And I mean, it was my father's jacket in the nineties that I right. stole from him. Vintage, basically. Shit. And the only thing I could think of is he's looking at me like I'm another bum. He's just creating bum dominance because he thinks I'm, <laughs> I'm another like drug addict yeah, or something. Some shit, yeah. He's just putting himself above me, and yeah. I'm like, dang, I'm I'm some working class citizen here. Like, bro, that's crazy. I don't think that, but I don't think I've ever like had like a homeless man or someone just like randomly like talk shit i think like the closest thing that that happened to me bro was like so i we went to california last year uh for my wife belinda's birthday and we were walking down the hollywood strip right and there's a dude passing out mixtapes and shit and cool whatever i respect the hustle he gets in my face he's like yo whatever check out my music and i'm like all right whatever i mean i don't have a cd player but you I'll, know, figure I'll, I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. I'm sure. I'll, yeah, I'm sure. I'll, yeah, or some yeah. shit. Yeah, maybe the rental that we were using has it. So I'm walking with the fucking CD, and I hear like yelling in the background. I'm like, "What the fuck?" And all I hear, I was wearing like a black socks hat. Dude's like, "Hey, black hat, black hat." And I'm like, "What the fuck?" And then Belinda, she's like, "Hey, I think he's talking to you." And like the group of friends that were like, "Hey, I think he's talking to you." And I turn around, I'm like, "What's up?" And he's like, "You know that shit costs money, right?" 
And I'm like, what? Oh, I love that. I and he's like, that. you know, that shit costs money, right? And I'm like, what, what, what are you talking about? He's like, yeah, that CD, this, this shit ain't free. And right then and there, instead of being like, like, bro, the instantly, like, you know, the fucking, bro, who the fuck are you talking to? Right. Like, kicked in. But I realized, like, I'm not at home. <laughs> Very unfamiliar turf. All types of shit. I'm just like, my bad, bro. And I give him the CD back. And instead of asking, like, because I feel like it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, the shit might not have a price tag, but the moment you say how much or some shit like that, now they can make up whatever it's worth. And, and like, you're stuck there, like, bro, I got no cash. I don't carry cash on me and shit. So I'm just like, all right, my bad, bro. And he just, like, walked away all pissed off and shit like that. And in my head, I'm just like, bro, you literally, like, asked me to listen gave to it. It gave it to me, it, like, asked me to listen to it. And I'm thinking, like, okay, cool, whatever. Like, he's passing on mixtapes. He's networking and this, this, and that. So that that's, that's another thing that I found from living here in the Chicagoland area versus mm-hmm. moving out to the Seattle land is um, the hustle, man. The hustle's way different. Bro, out, out there, that's people, true. People expect money. Yeah. You can, they can ask for cigarettes for free. Yeah. They can ask you to borrow your lighter or have your lighter. Out here, you got people on the underpass selling roses for a dollar yeah. or well, selling mixed. Yeah, like, I don't know about Seattle, but like in LA, it's the same shit, bro. Like everywhere you go, they're selling flowers. They're selling like from the Airbnb that we were staying at, bro. Like literally that whole strip, like like the main yeah. highway there, bro. There's fucking, bro. It, it, first of all, it gets cold as fuck in California for some reason. Like it, place, it gets yeah. cold as fuck for yeah. no reason, bro. Like. Like, you know, you're, I'm going out there dressed like, oh, shit, like, it's California. It's, like, 70, 80 <laughs> degrees in, like, May. Nah, bro, that shit was, like, 50, 40 degrees. Shit was kind of cold. So we're driving around and shit, and we pull up to this lady. Literally had a whole taco stand out, bro. It had to be, like, a mom and her daughter or her, like, daughter-in-law or some shit, bro. They're just hustling tacos. all yeah, type, yeah. Bro, and they were fire as fuck, too. Like, they were flautas. The little girl had, like, a little fucking cooler full of sodas and shit. Like, everywhere, bro, in L.A., they're just fucking hustling. And I respect the shit out of that. Because you know, it's, it reminded, that's, like, the part that only reminded me of Chicago. Because, you know, you go to Chicago and, like, the down... I don't know. Bro, they'll sell you socks. Exactly. They'll sell you socks. You're buying tamales for, like, a dollar, bro. Like, fire-ass tamales, too. Hey, hey, listen. But, that like, that's the shit that, like... That's why... I, but I had to learn that, like, right away. Because, like, get, get going out there and, like being out of my element and shit like that. Like, I didn't know that. I'm sure, like, if I would have known that going up, I probably wouldn't have taken the CD. Because <laughs> so, I probably would have been like, all right, my bad. So I am... Um, so I, everybody that, like, uh, I met up with out there, and, like, I tried to tell them, uh, like, I'm from the North Chicago land. Area, yeah. Not Chicago. From the Burbs. Definitely not Chicago. I'm from the Burbs. Yeah. And they go, oh, Chicago then. Yeah. You know no, Chief? No, no, no. I'm, I'm from, I'm <laughs> Are you from, glow gay? I'm from like 40 minutes north of Ch- yeah. Chicago. Oh, you from Chicago, huh? Yeah, fuck you, it. Yeah, I'm from Chicago. Yeah, fuck it. Pretty, I'm from Chicago. Yeah, but like I think it's one of those things where like if you say that to someone who actually is from out here, they're like, you're not from Chicago? No. You're not from it, Chicago? It, like, I could tell, like, and I respect that. Like, you know, you're really from Chicago. You really went through some shit or some shit, whatever. I also tell like anybody that lives in Chicago or like has lived for a long period of time from Chicago, like. They're a different type of person yeah. than if they lived in the Chicago Burbs. Very fast-paced. Mm-hmm. Very, but like, 
on the move type shit. But moving moving out to the Seattle land area, I could tell like I'm from this area. I'm yeah. a, I'm a pit bull. Like I'm a lot more aggressive. I'm a very upfront, very point blank period on it. You're loud. Yeah. Yeah. And uh Which by the way, like if you're listening to us right now, you wouldn't think Chris is loud. You would you think he's like very like easygoing. I'd like tell him, Hey, like let's bring it down a little bit. We're not gonna I, you know. I I try to keep my emotions in check, but I'm over the top. Hey, bro, okay it should happen. It should happen. Shit happens. I um I had this man from the bar. Uh, I lived across the street from the bar. Came back to my house. We were playing pool all night. Seemed like a chill dude. Yeah. Came back, started talking shit about my roommate, saying that he was gonna kill him. What the fuck? Yeah, Why? Drunk, I drunk words. I will. So, so the dude. So okay. So again in. Here, here in the Midwest, it's kind of yeah. weird. If you, if you smoke, and you hit a bong, and you don't clear it, usually you'll pass it to the next person. And they'll clear it real quick. Mm-hmm. In Washington State, where like weed is a lot more general, if you don't clear a bong, you clear it yourself. And yeah. it was like kind of a weird thing for me to get used to because I'm always like reaching for something, and yeah. it wasn't mine. Well, dude reached for it, and my roommate got mad and was like, "Nah, bro, it's mine." So we started saying like, "Oh, bro, I'll fuck you up. I'll, I'll kill you, bro. You're you're dead." Blah blah blah. So my, my over room, a bong. Yeah, and but I mean, my roommate was already pissed off. I had people over at like three in the morning. Yeah, he, like he was getting up for work or something. Yeah, you weren't being the best roommate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. whatever. I, which happens. I mean, he had people all uh, over all the time. Yeah, for, for UFC fights at three a.m. and they would get all loud and stuff. So I just kind of felt like it was cool. Um, so we he kicked him out. And then I go out on the front porch, and I'm trying to be a good roommate. Like, all right, let's move the party outside. They can go to the bed in the back. Like, it's all good. Yeah. And then dude looks at me and says, you know, I'm, I'm going to fuck him up, bro. I'm, I'm going to kill him. Yeah. And like, this is my brother. Yeah, this, like, is, this, the, this is, is the dude who, like, you moved out there yeah, with and like, shit. Nah, ain't nobody going to say anything bad about him. So I pushed him down the, uh, down the porch steps, down our sidewalk, out onto the road. I said, no, 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 no. You ain't gonna say that about nobody that lives in my house. Yeah. This is my house. These are my people. Nobody yeah, I'm literally like that. picturing this in my head. It was like the funniest fucking scene and ever. Then dude comes up to me and goes, I'm from San Francisco, bro. I'm from San Francisco, bro. I'll fuck you up. I was like, listen, dog. I'm I'm from the Chicago land area, bro. <laughs> you pull that shit? Yeah, bro, because like like I think I, I still think that like even though I'm not from Chicago. These burbs up here, man, in 7th and 8th grade, we had a fight club. Every every Friday, we would show up to the same bathroom and fight somebody. And if you hadn't fought in a while, you were fighting that day. Bro, y'all white boys is crazy. It's, it's just the way it was. <laughs> what the fuck? Like, everybody in 7th and 8th oh grade. Oh, my like, God. Bro, I was I was 13 fighting, you know, 15-year-olds in the in spring because they're about to go to freshman year and I'm graduating 7th grade. Like, <laughs> You're getting your rake up? You got to do what you got to do, What the man. fuck? You got to do what you got to do. And, like, at the time, man. Grown up now, I'm looking back like, damn. This is stupid shit. That's some wild boy shit. You stupid as fuck. You a wild boy for that. But like, I'm listening to this like you're a fucking idiot. Yeah, yeah. But at the time, like, it was. It made sense. Yeah, and it wasn't even about like street cred or nothing. It was just about respect. Like, if you, I think, I think that's what's kind of lost on this new generation now. Like, oh, you sound like that guy now. Hey, man, if you get beat up, you get beat up. Oh well. If, if if you have a fight, you have a fight, and if you don't win, like you move the fuck something. on. Yeah, you just move the fuck on. Get fight again. Get <laughs> you fight again. I don't know. We're not promoting violence, but 
you know, if you got to scrap, you got to scrap, type shit. Better than uh, it's better than people losing their lives. That's true. Tell you that. I, I, I fuck with that. Chicago put the guns down. <laughs> <laughs> and at that, this is where we at. Chicago put the guns down. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I appreciate you coming on, bro. That's what I'm here for, man. Anytime you want me to come out, you know where I'm at. I'd I be got more you. Than helping you got anything you want to plug real quick? Uh, check out check out the Twitch. Uh, I've been uh, streaming a lot of PUBG lately. Yeah. Uh, cheesy two turn. Uh, cheesy with a Z. Uh, check it out. It's gonna be a good time. Awesome. Yeah. So I, again, appreciate you for coming out, bro. And well, not have coming out. I actually had to come to you. So thank you for the hospitality and everything. But I, I really appreciate you coming on. So that's it for episode number seven. If you guys like Chris, if you guys want him to come back on, make sure you guys leave that leave that in the comments. Let me know what you guys think of Chris. He's an interesting character. He has a lot more stories, but we kind of just want to hold on to that for a little bit. So, you know, still we on one podcast. <laughs>